I invite you to remain standing and body your spirit as you were able as we read from our scripture today. And if you have Bibles with you and those third graders, I know that you do. Um, in your third grade Bibles, there is a page that is marked and that is our scripture reading for today. And so grown-ups, if you have your Bibles, we are going to be reading from 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 14 through 17. You can follow along in your Bibles if, if you have them or the text on the screen um, as we read together from our Bibles today. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have known sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that the person of God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Please be seated. Again, it is a joy to be with you in worship today as we continue in this sermon series of discernment, as we celebrate our scriptures, our holy text, our Bibles, and what those mean, and how we talk about what it means to read our Bibles, um, as we talk about what it means to be people and United Methodists who view this text as holy, um, even when some of the words within it we sometimes might struggle with. So as we prepare um, to receive God's word for us this day, I invite you to turn with me in an attitude of prayer. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In a previous church that I served, we would get together periodically with other clergy, other pastors in the area for a ministerial alliance meeting. And on one such occasion, we were meeting together at the ministry center, which served populations in our local community that were experiencing homelessness. As we shared in a meal, we were told to get to know the other pastors that were sitting next to us. And so as we were sharing in this meal, I turned to the gentleman next to me and I introduced myself. I say, you know, I am Kathleen McMurray. Um, I am a part of Grace Church. And he turns to me and he says, oh, well, what do you do there? And I said, well, I'm one of the pastors. And his tone changed a little bit in that moment. I could tell that he was a slightly taken aback. And he said, well, you know, I'm, I'm Joe. I'm from this church, and he said, and we take the Bible seriously. And I said, oh, that's wonderful, so do we. <laughs> and he said, no, I mean, we read the Bible very seriously, including who is supposed to be in leadership. And by that, I knew what he meant. I knew that as he said they took the Bible seriously and we didn't, it was because there was an assumption that if we were to take the Bible seriously, as United Methodists, that I would not be able to be a pastor um, because I'm a woman. And because of some verses in scripture that state, at least on the surface, that women should not speak in church. There's always been a question, at least in recent years, 
as to our relationship as United Methodists with Scripture. I've gotten countless emails from people challenging um, our understanding of the Bible, praying for our souls as United Methodists because we don't read it correctly. In our denomination, we've had a recent schism in where there has been an exodus from a number of people that say that the United Methodist Church no longer believes in the Bible, no longer takes the Bible seriously. To which I respond, yes, of course we take it seriously. The Bible is what John Wesley called that book which contains all that is necessary for salvation. The founder of our denomination, the founder of the Methodist movement said that within these words is all that is necessary for salvation. It is our holy text, it is our holy book. We do take it very seriously. John Wesley also called it a means of grace a means by which we can receive the grace of God to transform our lives and to lead us into a better way of life. I take the Bible very seriously as a United Methodist because I do know this to be a means of grace. I read the stories of Jesus that bring healing and wholeness and hope. I read stories of creation that convey a beautiful vision of God's shalom, of God's yearnings for creation to be made whole and for all creatures and all people to know wholeness. I read within the words of our holy scriptures, texts that give life and I also read within the words of this holy scripture, texts which are really difficult. Because in addition to the stories of Jesus healing, in addition to the story of the resurrection of Christ and the creation of the world, there are stories here of violence, of harm, there's a story of the prophet Elisha who, after children were making fun of his baldness, he sends a bear to maul them. There's a story, there's countless stories in scripture about horrific violence and assaults against women by men of God. There's a story of God destroying the whole planet, drowning them in a flood except for one family and two of every animal. There are words within this holy text that have been used to justify slavery and genocide, violence, dehumanization of women and LGBTQ persons. These words have been used to do great harm and to diminish the value of life rather than strengthening it. And yet, we believe that it is a means of grace. So how do United Methodists read the Bible? Why do United Methodists read the Bible? If we believe that this is a means of grace, and yet we know that the texts within these pages are difficult ones, how do we re resonate with that? How, how do we wrestle with that? 
Well, in this particular passage, Paul, the Apostle Paul, is writing to Timothy. Timothy, who is a younger leader of the early church, a church which is facing a lot of persecution, a church which is facing conflicts and difficulties, and the leader of whom, Timothy, is facing a lot of struggles himself. And so Paul writes to him these words that we read for today, words that remind him that this is a means of grace, words that remind him that God is faithful, words that remind him that within the pages of Holy Scripture, he can find the empowerment, the encouragement to go forward. All Scripture, Paul writes, is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that the person of God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. Now, there's a couple of things that we need to know here in order to really understand what Paul is saying. The first of which is that the scriptures to which he is referring is not the Bible that we have today. It is the Bible that the Jewish people had at that time, the scripture, their holy text, which contained the laws, um, those laws that were passed down from God to Moses. It contained the writings of the prophets, calling on people to lead different kinds of lives, and the writings, which are the stories of the people of God. And those scriptures, some of them are really difficult. But even the difficult ones are to be used for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. But that teaching and reproof is to be used by Timothy for his own training in righteousness. He's supposed to learn from these holy words how he is to better act, how he is to better lead, how he is to better be equipped for every good work. It's not so that he can beat other people on the head with the holy words. It's so that he himself can gain knowledge of God and can be empowered by God for the work ahead of him. Equipped for every good work. Jesus was approached in the temple as he was teaching one day by some folks that asked him, out of all of the laws and the prophets, out of the scriptures that we have, what is the greatest commandment of all? If you're to pick one, what is the greatest commandment of all? And Jesus responds, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. All the laws and all the prophets, all the writings, all of our scripture, Jesus is saying, is contained in that commandment to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. They go hand in hand, and that is what all of scripture should be leading us to do, according to Jesus. Which means that if reading these difficult words leads us to do anything other than that, 
if reading these words and proclaiming them causes us to hate others or hate ourselves, to do harm, then we're reading them wrong. But then what do we do with the difficult stuff? (laughs) What do we do with these scripture passages that seem to do harm, that seem to convey a God who is not loving? Well, we in the United Methodist Church have an incredible gift when it comes to reading scripture. And that is that while scripture is primary, while it is, as John Wesley says, containing all necessary for salvation, it is a means of grace that empowers us to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. We also read scripture with the knowledge that our tradition, the traditions of our church, the traditions of our forefathers and foremothers in faith, our tradition, our reason, our logic, as well as the experiences that we have, influence the way that we read and understand scripture and read and understand what God is teaching us. This in United Methodism is known as the Wesleyan quadrilateral. Even though John Wesley himself did not coin this phrase, we read and we understand about scripture and about God through scripture and through tradition and reason and experience. The goal of understanding being to enable and empower us to love God and to love our neighbors as ourselves. To be, in the words of Paul, equipped for every good work. And it matters that we read scripture this way, intentionally and critically, because the context of words matters. I came across a sign this week, a picture, with a sign posted next to a big bowl of an ice cream sundae. And the sign read, life is short, lick the bowl. Now clearly, with this ice cream sundae next, by, next to it, the sign was meant to convey that we are to take advantage of all of the good stuff that is in front of us. Life is short, lick the bowl. Then I saw another picture of that same sign that had been moved from the kitchen table and the ice cream sundae to the bathroom on top of the toilet. <laughs> Life is short, lick the bowl takes on a whole different meaning in that context. How we read, the context in which we read, the words that are contained in this book matter. And we as United Methodists read them with an understanding of scripture, of reason, of tradition, and of experience. And we read them with the goal of being equipped for every good work. Or In the words of Jesus, we read them to better be able to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. There are still difficult passages within this text, 
But the goal in them is not to beat us down or to beat other people down. The goal of God's holy word is to enable us to better have a relationship with God and with one another. I've heard people say before as they read scripture, well, if God says it, then I believe it and then that finishes it. But there's more to it than that. Because these words are not to be used purely as an academic exercise. They're not to be used so that we can know of God better or so that we can beat people down or beat ourselves down. They are to be used so that we can better love God and love neighbors so that we can have a relationship with God. The words in the Bible are not supposed to be a conversation ender. They're supposed to be a conversation starter. The beginning of a relationship between God so that we can love God better and that we can love our neighbors better. This is also the way that the Jewish people read scripture, the way that Jesus would have read scripture. Because in the Jewish tradition, while there are the holy texts, the laws and the prophets and the writings that are part of the holy text, there's also a tradition in Jewish culture called midrash which is where rabbis will write in the margins of the holy text questions, conversations with the text, struggles with the text. Rabbis will debate each other in the margins of these texts, and all of that is considered holy. Because the text itself, the words that are written down, are meant to be a conversation starter, not a conversation ender. When Paul tells Timothy that these words are God-inspired or inspired by God, some translations say God-breathed. The Holy Spirit is in there to speak to us through the text of Scripture. But if we ourselves are not open to receiving something different than that first meaning that we read when we read Scripture if we are not open to receiving something more that the Holy Spirit has to tell us about God, about our neighbors, about what it means to love God and love our neighbors, then we are going to miss something important. United Methodists read the Bible because it enables us and equips us for every good work just like Paul says. And if it doesn't, maybe we need to ask the Holy Spirit what that's about. Maybe we need to examine ourselves as we read these words. Because while we say every week in worship that this is the word of God for the people of God, we know that the word with a capital T and a capital W is Christ. The spirit, Christ, God, our creator. That is God, that is the Holy Trinity. This is not part of the Trinity. The Bible is not God, but it is supposed to enable and empower us to better live into our identity as God's people. 
which means loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Because Christ, God, is the one that has the final word. And it is a word of love. And it is a word of life. And so as you find yourselves reading your Bibles, as you find yourselves having conversations about the scriptures or difficult texts in scriptures, I invite you to consider if the Spirit might be inviting you into new understandings of that scripture. How that scripture might be leading you not just to see it at surface level, but to dive deeper, to look at the context, to mull over scripture along with reason and tradition and experience so that you can better and best love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Following in the way of Christ, who ultimately is the one with the final word, a word of love and a word of life. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks that you have given us these words of scripture to wrestle with, these words of scripture to pray over, these words of scripture that serve to us as a means by which we can experience your grace just as your people have for centuries. Help us, O oh God, as we read our Bibles to be open to what your spirit is saying to us, to be open to your leadership and guidance in our lives so that we can better love you and better love our neighbors as ourselves. Amen.